This is Jedi Insights, brought to you by Archaneogi Templar here at Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you listen to your podcast. Hey everybody, it's MJ Hannigan. Welcome to another episode of Jedi Insights. I don't know about anybody else, but it is a beautiful day here in Kansas. It's nice, it's sunny, it's warm, and it's not nearly as windy as it was most of last week. But aside from that, let's talk about some things. One of the biggest questions I get is, what the hell does it mean to be a Jedi Knight? Is this like some Star Wars nerd stuff, or, you know, what's it actually about? Well, let me be honest. Being a Jedi Knight, for some people, it's going to sound like nerdy Star Wars, and I get it. I mean, honestly, hey, Star Wars, big joke, cool. Especially with Disney Star Wars. I totally understand where you're coming from. But Jedi realism, it is different. It is like... A martial arts school. You know, if you get a black belt in a martial arts school, that black belt only matters to people who are part of that martial arts school. Or, you know, of at least uh, stylistically, people who are similar styles. You know, my black belt in Taekwondo will not equivalent to a black belt in Jiu-Jitsu or Judo or anything like that. You know, the Jedi Rose community, if you look at our actual groups, the ones that are real groups, not the Facebook things, but the people who are groups like Arcanea or like Temple of the Jedi Order <clears throat> or even Jedi Church, the New the New, yeah, New Zealand version, not the Facebook group. You know, these are groups and we have members. You know, it's like a more short school. We have doctrine. We have things that we have to live up to and stuff like that. It's normal. Or, you know, if you want to talk about it from an organizational point of view, it's just like any other fraternal order. I mean, it's not nearly as nerdy as people sound. It's really not like a secretive group. You know, it's it's a fraternal order. It's a group of people who are like-minded, who, you know, want to change themselves and want to change the world around them. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, a good joke that people are going to give me is... Being a Jedi Knight sounds like somebody who lives in her mom's basement. Well, you know, I won't exactly lie. There are a few people within our community who are in their 40s and do live with their moms. You know, that's just facts. But overall, it's it's not what a lot of people might think it is. And after today's episode, hopefully, you know, you get more interested in it. And if you're interested in Jedi realism, definitely check out the Unified Jedi uh, Facebook page and Facebook group. Or, of course, check out Arcanea Jedi Order, The Coffee House. And, you know, check out some other groups. And if it's something that you're interested in, then then look into it. If you're not interested in it, cool, whatever. You know, I've mentioned a thousand times before, Star Wars is what actually saved my life. Star Wars actually got me on the road of recovery from my addiction many years ago. Um... When I got to Wichita, I convinced my my sister not to take me to rehab. I didn't want to go to rehab. I didn't want to go to sober living. I decided I was going to fight through it myself. And even back then, you know, in 2003, uh, I started interest in Star Wars. The Jedi Realism, Jedi Realist community was still growing. I mean, we started it in the late 90s. By 2003... You know, when I returned to it, you know, it saved my life. In reading all the Star Wars books and novels, the extended universe books, you know, 
That's what got me on this path. And in truth, that is a major part of my recovery. Star, Mar- Star Wars, martial arts, the gym, and the circle of friends that have become family to me has kept me on this path. And I'm really excited for that. You know, again, some people might find it nerdy. And you know what? That's fine. That's on you. You know, if you listen to the podcast, we talk about Jedi realism, but we don't talk much about Star Wars. You know, I talk about quotes from the books, but apply it to real life. We talk all about philosophy. I talk about my shortcomings and my character defects, and I talk about my recovery process. And again, this has worked for me. <clears throat> but let's start off with, again, being a Jedi Knight within an order. But let's actually start off with a martial art perspective, if you will. A quote, it's anonymous. I'm sure somebody knows where the quote came from, but when I saw it, it was anonymous. It was, uh, wearing a black belt does not mean that you're invincible. It means that you never gave up. Uh, Work past the pain, overcome the disappointments, face your fears, and learned enough to realize how little you actually know. I love this quote. Again, I view Jedi realism from a more sharp point of view quite often. And it's actually true. A black belt in Taekwondo or karate or jiu-jitsu or judo or name the style means that <clears throat> you are still a student, but you've learned the basics. Anybody who thinks a black belt, a uh, person who owns a black belt is a total badass and da 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 you're really fooling yourselves. For a lot of traditional styles, it takes three to five years to earn a black belt. And what does it mean to earn a black belt? It means that you understand your curriculum. You know, you know your kicks, your punches, your blocks. You could do the the pumses or the forms required for all the stuff, you know, for all the levels. And <clears throat> that's part of it. The other part of it means that you spent however many years, again, we're going to say three to five for a lot of styles. Some might be longer. I believe jujitsu is like a 10 year commitment, but I could be wrong on that. But in any event, <clears throat> going back to this quote, you know, you didn't give up. There are so many times in martial arts that I couldn't get a technique or the pumse would not flow for me. And it was just a pain in the ass. And I had so many, so much, so many issues trying to get it, to understand it, to be able to do it correctly, you know, and even, you know, classes I've had my ass handed to me repeatedly. I've had teachers that were cardio enthusiasts and they would drive through class like none other. Uh, and trying to keep up a class, you know, it's difficult sometimes, even now, you know, going and doing judo and getting thrown down, you know, I'm middle age and getting up is not as easy as it used to be, but I never let it beat me. I never gave up on myself and I never gave up on my classmates because your classmates will help push you through when you're going through a rough spot and even, excuse me. What did martial arts, you know, a big part is learning the doctrine of your martial arts schools. Every school has student codes or student oaths. Every school has codes of conduct. You know, every school has it. Uh, It's not as promoted when you go to visit a school, but it's part of it. You know, Taekwondo, we have our five tenets of Taekwondo, courtesy, integrity, self-control, perseverance, and dominable spirit. 
<clears throat> you know, we all have stuff like that. Every school has it. It is what it is. But again, never giving up, meaning, meaning no matter how difficult the class was, I kept with it. No matter how many uh, life situations got in the way, I always made time to make it to class. Uh, even when people were calling and harassing my martial arts school, you know, I never let that interference, you know, get to me. I never gave up because giving up means I'm letting other people win. And the last thing I'm going to do is give up just to appease other people. Cancel culture is never going to work with me. All right. You know, work hard past the pain. You know, you get banged up. Uh, you know, example uh, for Taekwondo. I am perhaps the least capable competitive person in Taekwondo. Uh, perhaps it's too much karate, perhaps it's too much kickboxing beforehand, but competitive Taekwondo, I suck at it. I, I honestly, I do. Um, I have had my ass handed to me in sparring class and in competitions, and you know, I've been injured. You know what happens, you know, getting bruised ribs, dislocated sternum, stuff like that. It, it's normal. It is what it is. But, you know, working past that pain. Now, that's the physical part. Again, getting injured in competitions or getting injured in sparring or the pain and suffering of a cardio enthusiast uh, instructor. You know, that is part. But also, you know, on promotional testing and how bad my jumping, spinning back kicks were and not being able to break and dealing with the mental pain and anguish of failing in that regard. You know, it, it's not easy. I mean, it sucks, especially when everybody's waiting for you to break so we can end the test. It gets embarrassing. You know, it is what it is. But also, you know, Taekwondo helped me with my recovery process. It helped me to deal with my addiction. Uh, Taekwondo helped um, during different parts of my life where I was suffering from depression or anxiety and I had so much going on. I knew I could get to the dojon and I could work through it. But... You know, overcoming, like I mentioned before, overcoming disappointment. Yeah, when you suck at breaking or when you suck at competitions and you get ran through, yeah, it sucks. It, it is disappointing, but, you know, you learn to adapt, you know, adapt and overcome. And facing fears, like, it's not easy being a student in some ways. Like, you don't want to look stupid. So when you're learning a new technique or a new takedown or, you know, whatever, you don't want to look stupid. It's kind of embarrassing sometimes, but, you know, it's okay. At least you know in class you're probably not going to get killed. But, you know, for me, that's the more short point of view, okay? That's the black belt. The black belt is the student who is well-adapted, and in a lot of styles, once you get to your black belt, you're kind of at that phase where they want to start getting you into a teacher position, and, you know, you learn from there. You learn a completely new set of skills, which is what we're going to get into with our next quote. Next quote um, is a Star Wars quote. It comes from the book Rogue Planet, which was somewhere between uh, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Wow, that just happened. Sorry about that, guys. All right. The quote is, A knight learns everything they need to know the day they take on a Padawan. Basically meaning, <clears throat> if you've been knighted, you've learned the basics of your curriculum. And, you know, you feel good about yourself. You know, you're a representative of the order. You know, you're out doing missions. Cool, whatever. But then you take on a student. 
and the day you take on a student is the day that you realize that you have so much more to learn. And that's really what we're going to uh, with this episode. Okay, how does one become a Jedi Knight? This is going to be the same for most of the orders. The only thing that's going to be different is how things are taught and what each group is going to focus on. <clears throat> All right. Um, the first thing that you need to do to become a Jedi Knight in most groups is you need to learn the doctrine of your order. This is simple things. The Jedi Code, the Jedi Creed, the Jedi Behaviors, the 21 Maximums, the 16 Teachings, uh, the quotes and lessons from movies, uh, other philosophy that's brought about, you know, within Arcanea, there are things that we're going to discuss. Within Temple of the Jedi Order, there are things that they're going to discuss, you know, and other things often get thrown into it, like having a basic understanding of different religions, having a basic understanding of different cultures, uh, being able to relate to people that you might not necessarily agree with or even uh, be friends with outside. You know, you learn a lot about people. Uh, you learn a lot about communications. You learn a lot about time management, uh, taking responsibility for yourself and there's a whole plethora of information out there that each order is going to offer. And <clears throat> wow, my throat is definitely bothering me today. But in any event, there's a lot of information out there that each individual order offers. Um, and just learning all the doctrine. It takes time. It takes effort, you know, and doing some exercise, getting into shape, eating healthy. Again, some simple exercising, sleeping correctly. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. All right, the next part of, you know, as after learning the doctrine and whatnot, the next one is being able to speak intelligently about Jedi realism. This is where we run into some problems. Um, when you talk about Jedi realism, like I mentioned earlier, people are going to think that we're just a bunch of Star Wars nerds who live in our mom's basement, yada, yada, yada. And again, some of that's actually true. But being able to talk about it, like making it practical for other people, be like, hey, Hannigan, what's Jedi realism? Well, short answer is Jedi realism is a philosophy or a lifestyle that's taken from the Star Wars universe, applied with philosophy in the world we live in, and applying it to our lives. You know, for me, the biggest thing Jedi realism has helped with is getting away from drug addiction. Yeah, I am a recovering addict. Oh my God, make sure you report me now because in case you didn't know that, now you do. And I've applied what I learned from Jedi Realism into my recovery program. I applied what I learned in Jedi Realism to my Taekwondo. You know, I've it's about taking quotes and lessons and most importantly, applying it to your life. So if you <clears throat> cannot speak intelligently about Jedi Realism, and have a conversation because, yeah, people are going to ask questions like, hey, where's your X-Wing at or what color lightsaber do you have? Do people are going to ask those questions? And it kind of sucks. But, you know, explaining that X-Wings are not real and lightsabers, as much fun as they would be, they do have those cool flashlights that apparently act like lightsabers, but that'd be the last thing you want to see me with my hands on. And to be honest, if I could force choke or force or use force lightning, if that was real, oh my God, I would be doing that way too often. But 
getting back to the point, you know, it's a lifestyle and being able to talk about this lifestyle to people, it's, it's part of our, you know, it's part of what we're about, you know, any martial arts school, any fraternal order, even any church, it's kind of the same thing. You know, you have to be able to intelligently speak about your doctrine if you want people to listen. Uh, yeah, and people are going to listen and they might be interested. There are going to be people who are going to listen and they're going to think that you've lost your damn mind. Okay, cool. That's fine. You do you. I'll do me. It's all good. Um, discussing today realism, you know, for me, I will be honest, it comes very naturally. I've been doing a podcast since 2012 and then got featured or, you know, one of the featured roles in American Jedi. So in a way, I've been an ambassador for different parts of the community for quite a while. So there's a lot of pressure there. And quick shout out to my hosts over at Jedi Realist Radio, David and Brian. You guys are total badasses. And they are doing so well representing both Jedi Realism as well as Arcanea. And funny enough, on our last episode uh, last Thursday, David uh, got knighted over at Arcanea Jedi Order. And the initial announcement was actually made on Jedi Realist Radio. So make sure you check out last week's episode and and send David some love as well. Uh, he's a badass. All right, uh, last one is representing your order to the best of your ability in all aspects of your life. I, again, have kind of cheated on this one, and let me explain. 99% of the t-shirts I wear are Jedi Realist Radio, Jedi Templar, American Jedi, or Unified Jedi t-shirts. So in essence, I am constantly wearing Jedi Realist t-shirts to remind me that I do represent these groups and these orders in this life path. Another reason why I wear them is because you'd be surprised how many times people see a shirt that says Jedi something on it, and they're like, oh my God, I love your t-shirt, I'm a huge fan. And then it creates a great dialogue where, going back to the last point of intelligently speaking about your order, you know, it's great. I can talk about, I can wear these t-shirts, people ask questions, and next thing you know, we're having a five-minute conversation. I hand them a business card, they check out the podcast, and, you know, hopefully they check out the community and they enjoy it. All right. Uh, Another thing to really bring up on this one is... Again, we have to remember, we live in the age of information. We live with social media. And there are going to be people who are going to like you. There are going to be people who are not going to like you. And you know what? That's fair. That's fine. It is what it is. One thing that I truthfully despise, and I would love to see more groups simply do better, is there's too much conflict between one group and another and well i don't like their people or i don't like this person they're not a jedi knight in my opinion okay should be told i am classified as a jedi master within arcanea jedi order and if you don't like something that i do if you feel that i'm not a knight here's where the problem is or a master excuse me <clears throat> if you're not part of that order how the hell can you judge like, I cannot go to a jujitsu school and say that I think this person isn't really a black belt because I'm not part of that style. I'm not part of that school. 
So what the hell? Why would my opinion matter? It won't. So if you're part of an order, if you have an issue with somebody within your order, deal with it. If you're not part of an order, you are not really qualified to say who or who is not a knight. Again, join the order. And if you're, again, like I mentioned, if you're part of that order, if somebody's acting out of line, cool, you can definitely call them out. But if you're not part of that order, you know, simply saying, well, this person is not a knight, guys, it's really childish, it's really lame, and it's something that we need to grow um, grow out of and, you know, get past. It's not beneficial. When you have groups going to war with each other and bashing each other on social media or bashing individuals on social media, it, it doesn't do any good for anybody. In fact, it makes us all look a hell of a lot worse. Have I mentioned, and will I continue to mention, situations and events that happen as part of our community? I absolutely will. One thing I will not do is... I will not call out specific individuals by name uh, in order to trash talk because if they're not here, they can't defend themselves. And I will not uh, discuss uh, different groups, you know, from social media, like different Facebook groups, because truth be told, I'm not going to give them a platform. I know what they do to my life. I know their goal is to get me to talk about them, you know, on social media, bring them up by name or to talk about them on the podcast. But guys, it's just, it's not going to happen. All right, moving forward. Sorry about that little prattle there. Um, what are the responsibilities of a knight? You know, kind of like what are responsibilities of a black belt? What are responsibilities of a sponsor? Trust me, the list really goes on and how similar they all are. One of the biggest responsibilities, in my opinion, is to be a role model, to set the example for the people who are just joining the order, to be a good face for the order, you know, it's, and to be there for members within your order. From an order point of view, those are important. All right. The next part is, I kind of mentioned it, but it's okay. Being of service to the members within your order. Um, I am very fortunate with the job that I do. It's very little commitment and I have a lot of free time. So when people from within my order call me because they're going through a crisis or they're not quite understanding something or whatever, 99% of the time I can enter my phone, have a chit chat with them and, you know, get it sorted. Every now and again, I have to send them to voicemail, be it because I'm actually at work or at my job, excuse me, or I'm at the gym, you know, whatever. Like I mentioned last episode, if I'm at the gym, if it's not desperately important, I'm probably not going to answer. All right. So, again, simply being of service, you know, for your community. Now, the last responsibility I'm going to talk about, and in truth, for me, it's my first priority. As a Jedi Knight. You should be of service to your physical community. Meaning, being there for your neighbors, doing stupid stuff like when a neighbor is snowed in, uh, you know, shoveling their driveway, shoveling their front porch, uh, doing things like working at soup kitchens for feeding the homeless. You know, there are a lot of things, there's a lot of need out there. A lot of people are truly suffering 
and one of the biggest failures of the Jedi Rose community overall is we don't spend enough time outside in working within our own actual communities, our physical locations. We don't spend enough time doing that. And, you know, for me, that's a huge thing. Uh, going to the fiction, when, when Luke Skywalker recreated the Jedi Order in the EU, when all of the trainees got to Jedi Knight level, the final thing they had to do was answer a question. Very simple question. Most of us can answer. Okay, if you were knighted today, what's going to be your mission? What are you going to do with this? This is something I believe is very important and something that we could definitely apply to Jedi realism today. For me, I am a recovering drug addict. Okay, cool. What does that mean? It means when I work with people within my local community, that's the community I really want to work with. Those are the people that, you know, that's where I'm from. That's my family. So working with people who are dealing with addiction issues is something that I could definitely do. And that's kind of my mission within the community. Now, this isn't just going to meetings. This is going to meeting up with people, hanging out, trying to help inspire and motivate them and get them through their step work. And also, this has happened over the years, it's, you know, my home is open to people, meaning if you need to come to my house, come on over. If you're going to stay for a couple of days because, you know, you're between recovery houses or, you know, you just left rehab and you haven't gone to recovery house yet and, you know, you're waiting, cool, come stay at my house, come crash at my, on my couch, we're good. You're going to be here long term. Okay, cool. We'll figure it out. We have room here. We have room there. You know, we'll figure it out. So that's what my mission is. My mission is within the local community to work with, you know, fellow people in recovery to, you know, deal with, not deal with, but to help do homeless projects uh, during the tornado season. Get out there. If there's a tornado that's close by, you know, get out there and help do tornado cleanup and, you know, be of service. You know, if if your impression of Jedi realism or, you know, being a Jedi Knight is simply, you know, posting quotes on Facebook and trash talking people, then you've totally lost the point. You've lost the plot. The plot of Jedi realism is for us to better ourselves, to become better people and to provide an example to provide a spark to inspire other people to do the same. I wish it was more complicated than that, but it's, it's really not, you know, it's really simple. And, you know, for people, I don't care if you're in Jedi realism, then cool, do that. If you're part of Freemason, cool, do that. If you're, you know, part of a church and you're doing an outreach program, cool, do that. It's really it's all very similar. We have different titles. We have different words that we use. But the basics of all of it is to get out there and be of service to our community, to think about somebody other than yourself for once, and to build people up, not just attempt to tear them down at every given opportunity. All right. Being a Jedi Knight, it's not a rank, it's not a title. It's a responsibility. It is basically doing and being. It's not just, oh, this person's a knight. You should show them respect. It's, it's not about that. 
again, if you really want to be a Jedi Knight and you want to be of service to your community and help other people, you need to understand that you're a servant. You are not there for self-gratification. You know, it's not about a title. It's about what do you do with the title? How do you work within your community? What do you do for the people around you? How do you make people around you better? That's what we're supposed to be about. If you want a rank, you want a title, go to Universal Life Church. You can do any title you want. It's like $10, maybe 15 now. If that's all you want, then do that. But if you want to get involved in a group to help motivate and inspire you, to make you a better person, you know, and then to take that and, you know, work within your community and inspire other people, then Jedi realism truthfully is a wonderful path and one that I would recommend. Again, like I mentioned earlier, if you want to check out more information, check out Unified Jedi on Facebook, be it the page or the group, or the Arcanea Jedi Coffee House. You know, that's my home group in a sense. So, of course, I'm going to plug them in. Uh, you know, again, a lot of our different knights from all the orders have very different missions. Mine's work recovery. Uh, within Arcanea, we have some knights that work with veterans with PTSD. We have some knights that work with homeless people. You know, we have a lot of knights who do a lot of projects outside and for their community. And that's perhaps why I value Arcanea so much. It's not just sitting on a Facebook group and saying something profound or, you know, looking important at a gathering. You know, we don't make gatherings about us. We make it about the community, give people an experience. All right. For me, that's what being a Jedi Knight is in Jedi realism. Again, if you're interested, check out Unified Jedi Group. Uh, you can always send me messages. And I normally respond to Facebook messages. If I don't respond within 24 hours, it means some something's definitely gone wrong. I usually respond within a day. Usually a hell of a lot faster than that. So 24 hours is kind of the long period. Um, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate all of you. Remember, one voice does make a difference. Love and light. This is Hannigan. I'm out.